Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Last time, Wendy and I talked about some general highlights of our return to Rio de Janeiro. And this time we'd like to talk about another aspect of the city, which are the city's favelas or slums. And that's the great contradiction of Rio, is that it's the most glamorous and famous place in all of Brazil with these beaches like Copacabana and Ipanema. But yet also you have these slums, which are also the most famous slums in Brazil and among the most famous in the whole world. And this all interacts together in the same city. Yeah, and there's a lot of misinformation and, you know, misconceptions about the favelas. I I did actually take a favela tour the first time I was in Rio um, when I was 19 years old, and I have very hazy memories of that. But, you know, I think I still had some wrong ideas about what a favela was. And this time around, we spent quite a bit of time in two different favelas and I think got to get a better understanding of what life is like there. Yeah, so we went to the Vigigal favela and we spent two nights there. We stayed in a guest house there. And Vigigal is considered to be, I guess, favela light. If you like, it's considered to be one of the safest or maybe the safest favelas. And apparently some people say it's not even really a favela anymore, which I still think it is. Mm. Um, but this is the favela that rises up from Leblon Beach. It's below the Doigemans uh, peak that we talked about last time. And so we stayed at a guest house that was right at the very top of the Vigigal favela. And that made it right at the kind of bottom of this hike up to the Doigemans. And so we stayed there for a couple of nights and that was our introduction to the favelas and it's quite interesting first thing we tried to do because we had our bags was we tried to get an uber there and uber doesn't go to favelas which we didn't know mm -hmm. but basically you put in the location and then it comes back and says the location inaccessible uh so we got a taxi instead um but i think yeah maybe we're a little bit apprehensive about going in there for the first time but it was all perfectly fine and safe while we were there for sure yeah once we were there i felt very safe and Uh, there was something that the owner of our guest house told us, and then we heard this later on uh, in a different favela as well, was that in terms of you know, personal safety, in terms of the danger of you being robbed or assaulted, the favela is actually the safest place that you can be in Rio because there are kind of unwritten rules that, that apply in the favelas. And those rules include that, you know, no one steals from each other, no one um, beats each other up, you know, it's, it's actually, it's a very safe place. You're much more likely to be robbed in Copacabana or, you know, one of the other wealthier areas. Um, Right. So we also went to Hocinha, which is the most famous of the favelas, and we did a kind of day trip or day tour in there. And it's not really a tour in the way that you usually think of it, but basically uh, someone who's local uh, to the favela 
basically takes you around, answers your questions, and just tells you a little bit about life in the favelas. So we can talk about uh, Vigigal and Rosinho together, really. And so, yeah, back to your point, that was really quite fascinating because, of course, you think it's dangerous, uh, and it can be dangerous if there are drug wars going on between the different gangs, um, and you know there are shootings and things like that related to that. But it's very specifically uh, related to that. And so it was quite fascinating to hear the way that they, the people who live there talk about it. They don't even call it a favela. They call it a community. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how it's almost a self-governing or self-policing community. Mm-hmm. And there was one example that, uh, that uh, Dembre, our guide, gave us where uh, there were, it was discovered that there was a, a man who was beating his wife and basically a bunch of other guys from the favela came and... and basically dealt with him um, uh-huh. of their own accord rather than just going to the police because they don't trust the police anyway. Right. Um, but that was just an example of how they basically said to him, look, this is not how you're supposed to treat your wife. And so they taught him a lesson, so to speak, so that he wouldn't do that again. Yeah. Uh, so it does seem like you know people are really looking out for each other in the favelas and that it is a really strong community and people have really come together to to create something that I think is really impressive and, and really beautiful in a way. So yeah, the reputation of it being a dangerous place comes from the fact that the favelas are controlled by gangs and these are drug trafficking gangs. Um, and then in recent years, the police have tried to come in and do what they call pacify the favelas, which means basically get the control, take the control away from the gangs and force them out so that the police are actually in control of the favelas. Um, that hasn't really worked. So now you have this really interesting situation where you do see police there. They do have um, you know, small headquarters or small offices there, and you'll sometimes see them standing in the streets. But then we also saw gang members standing in the streets holding their big guns too. So they're kind of both there showing their power, showing that they're in control. Um, and when there are shootings, it's either between the police and a gang, or it could be between two rival gangs if, if an outside gang decides to come in and, and try to take over from the one that's currently uh, in control of a particular favela. So, so that's the security situation, and that's why it has this terrible reputation, and so many people are afraid of the favelas, including Brazilians, including you know locals who live in Rio. Um, you know, we spoke to an Uber driver, like you said, Uber has a company policy of not going there, but one of our drivers told us, you know, yeah, they're, they're at war there and I would never drive there. Um, when really, yeah, we felt totally safe walking around. Right. So that's a little bit about the safety situation or certainly as we observed it. Um, the other thing that I think was surprising for us was the development level in the favelas, Mm. because you just imagine that this is just this horrific slum, um, but really, compared with other places that we've seen in, in Africa and Asia, even in Central America, um, the development level was was fairly decent, I would say, certainly yeah. for a slum. I mean, Brazil just has a higher base development level than many other countries. Mm-hmm. And so I think that contributed to it, obviously. Um, but basically, the favelas usually just have this one main road which kind of snakes its way up the hill, and then there are these alleyways uh, that go off that. But... Houses are made with concrete and brick, mm-hmm. um, certainly in the two favelas that we went to. We were told that previously they, there were a lot more shacks made with kind of tin and other lesser materials, but 
Not anymore. Uh, you do see, and it's actually really fascinating to, to hear this, you sort of see that the, the levels of the buildings seem different from each other, and they, use, they have different materials to build them and things like that. And so what you can actually do is that if you have the top floor of a favela, you can sell your roof to someone who wants to build another story on top of it. Right. And so that's led to this kind of haphazard building uh, where you have these buildings that are, I don't know, four, five, six stories high. And it's kind of this really unusual skyscraper because all the floors are different colors uh, in terms of painting on the outside or they have different materials or they look different in terms of their style. Yeah. And I think it it, it comes out really beautiful in in an interesting kind of way. I think it's a much more interesting landscape than the skyscrapers in in Copacabana or Ipanema. Um, But yes, I was definitely impressed with the level of development. Um, The the buildings all seem to be pretty well constructed, pretty sturdy. Um, It really is a whole community. It's not just living quarters. You also have all kinds of businesses inside the favelas. You have restaurants and banks and beauty salons and um, lots of hardware stores selling construction materials because, of course, people are continually moving in and, and building new houses there, although legally they're not allowed to to spread any further out, so they have to just build on top of the buildings that are already there, which is why we have the situation that you described. Um, but in general, it seems like a really strong community. Uh, there are lots of local community projects going on, you know, different things for, for the kids and different kinds of classes that you can take for self-improvement and stuff like that. So honestly, I think it'd be a great place to live. I, I would consider living in, in one of the two favelas that we visited if I were going to live in Rio. Right, so that's definitely something that's... Uh, changed in terms of uh, our impressions of favelas before we'd been into one and now what we what we think having been into a couple so it's good to see that when you go in and you see something for yourself uh, sometimes you um, it opens your eyes a bit thanks for listening to english in 10 minutes to download a worksheet for this episode including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.